Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 160. When a Royal Caribbean builds a cruise ship as impressive as Harmony of the Seas, it gets a lot of attention, and not just from cruise fans, but also from lots of different people. It makes sense, after all, considering the amount of new innovations, incredible venues, and the I-can't-believe-they-did-that features found on board. Harmony of the Seas has made headlines literally around the world and has caught the attention of the travel community as well. Dan Moore is a travel blogger, Periscope King, and a pioneer in the way the internet has been used to enjoy travel, and he joins me this week to discuss his recent Mediterranean cruise aboard Harmony of the Seas. Dan has traveled around the world, and his time on Harmony definitely resonated quite a bit, and we'll be discussing what he loved about the ship, as well as sharing some tips for a great cruise experience. Here we go. The cruise ship getting the lion's share of attention this year is without a doubt Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas, and rightfully so. Guests will discover a wealth of amazing experience on board, and the ship has seemingly captured the imagination of so many cruisers out there. This new ship offers a lot, and it got me wondering, what are the most intriguing and fun parts of the ship? And to answer this question, I turn to one of the smartest and talented travel personalities on the internet today. He has been a brand ambassador for Royal Caribbean on Anthem of the Seas, and most recently on Harmony of the Seas. The man, the myth... The world's favorite periscoper, Dan Moore, joins me. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Absolutely. And Dan, I've been following your exploits, as it were, on on Anthem of the Seas. And for those who aren't aware, Dan and and a bunch of other awesome guys were able to be on Anthem of the Seas for one of the very first periscopes at sea ever. Uh, It was in coordination with what Royal Caribbean did, and Dan went back on. Harmony of the Seas not too long ago, and you know I followed your travels for a while and have seen you post quite a bit, Dan, with the Periscope and Instagram, and and I really wanted to start off with a really simple question: What do you think makes Harmony of the Seas such an intriguing cruise choice? Um, obviously, its size it is ginormous. Um, definitely the biggest cruise ship I've ever seen. It's actually the biggest cruise ship in the world, and um, so when you actually just come front front on with that like when i got out of the taxi and saw it i was like omg this is like a small city floating on the ocean it is ginormous and it is actually pretty gorgeous to look at it as well the way it's all laid out and stuff um so yeah i think just the initial sight of it just blows your mind before you even get onto the ship sweet uh, you know, I, I love talking about favorites because the experiences that resonate with anybody tend to speak volumes about what is truly fun and enjoyable on board. So let's talk about some of the things about Harmony that, that really resonate with you now that you're sitting back at your house in beautiful and sunny Australia. I assume it's beautiful and sunny every day because it's American. So that's what we're told. Um, how, what stands out in your mind? Yeah, when you're looking back on it, what were, what were some of your favorite parts of the ship? Um. Well, like I said, the ship's so huge. I didn't even get to see everything that was on the ship uh, after spending a week on there. There's so much to see. Um, one, you know what? There's so many things that stand out. First of all, art. The art on the ship is just mind-blowing. Everywhere you turn, there's a new piece of art. Um, on the walls, there's a gallery. There's uh, art of all different shapes and forms. I remember one piece um, that I looked at and it was from a distance. It just looked like there were all these spirals. And then when you actually walked up close, so these tiny little mermaids uh, stuck onto the uh, onto the print. 
and that's just like one of the uh, the artworks. So I think the art on there just totally blows your mind because you're just walking down corridors, you're walking past restaurants, and there's just stuff everywhere. Not even just things on walls, but huge uh, sculptures. There's a face downstairs, this ginormous head that spins around. It's like cut into sections, and it spins around, and, and uh, finally turns into a face in the end. So it's very very visual every time you walk around and walk around any corridor. There's something uh, cool to look at. So uh, if you're actually waiting for someone, you're definitely not bored just uh, hanging around. <laughs> um, another thing that blew my mind was the, uh, the Bionic Bar. Um, for those that don't know what the Bionic Bar is, it is pretty much a, a small bar where robots actually serve you drinks. And uh, really cool, even if you're not a drinker, um, and an alcoholic drinker, they serve uh, any drink pretty much that you want. So you just go up to a little iPad, you find the drink of choice, and then you watch the robots uh, start to make it in front of you. And then you just use your C-pass band and uh, slap it on the table when your drink slides towards your hand. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool experience. Um, and obviously, if you're not into robots, there's plenty of other bars on there. Um, the restaurants stood out to me, huge. Um, the thing that I really loved about the restaurants on Harmony was the location as well. Um, there's a there's an area in the middle of the ship um, called Central Park, and it actually feels like you're in Central Park. Um, there's plants everywhere. Um, if you just if someone put you onto the ship and you woke up in the middle of this park, you'd actually you wouldn't even know you're on a ship. Um, <laughs> it's like totally open to the sunlight above, uh, plants and footpaths and a whole heap of restaurants. We went to a Jamie's Italian, Jamie Oliver's restaurant on there, had the most amazing meal in there. There's a whole heap of other amazing restaurants in there and it's just a really cool, different location that you just wouldn't expect to find on a cruise ship. Um, Far out, so many, like all the rides, so many, so many cool things. So I think the best thing about it is that it's for for any age, being a child, a teenager, uh, an adult. There's there's something cool uh, to fit that niche. Nice. Let me ask you about. Let's go back to the restaurants for one second, though. I got to ask you, Dan, if we were yep. if we had Star Trek teleporters and we could get back on the ship right now, where do you want to grab? It's I think morning for you. It's evening for me. But where are we going to eat? Where what's your, what's what was your what are you craving <laughs> from the ship right now? Um, <laughs> it's morning in Australia, so I'm craving breakfast. And to be honest, I'd go straight back to the Windjammer. The Windjammer is uh, pretty much where where there's a huge buffet of pretty much anything you could ever imagine in there. It's pretty much where everyone comes uh, for a feed. So uh, all the food is free, of course. And um, so I pretty much went there every single morning. And if you're just looking for a snack, I, I ended up just going back there. So if we were off at a port somewhere and gallivanting around all day, I'd come back, I'd be starving. I'd just go run straight up to the Windjammer because there's uh, so much on offer. I, I, um, I pretty much rolled out of that place every single time I went in there. <laughs> well done. Well done. Stretchy pants, <laughs> optional. So the other thing you mentioned – were, of course, the onboard activities, a lot of the rides they have on there. And, and one of the big things that's new for Royal Real Caribbean in general, let alone Harmony of the Seas, are the slides. And I got to ask, Dan, when you were on board, did you have a chance to try the Ultimate Abyss slide? I did. 
I did. We did some filming on that. So um, I must have ridden that slide maybe 10 times in a row when we're filming. And um, that is an amazing ride. Not only when you walk up the stairs, it's on the, the back of the ship. So the view, I think it's 10 stories up, the slide goes. So you're standing on the back of the ship, watching it just cruising along the ocean. The view straight down, there's glass under your feet. So you can look straight below. And then uh, you jump inside your little uh, the slide sack that you get inside and the thing is like almost pitch black. So you don't know where the turns are and it just drops and spirals uh, 10 stories. Amazing fun. Seriously, definitely worth uh, riding that. I'd, uh, if we had that teleporter, I think that would be the first ride to jump back on right now. <laughs> well, you know, gotta you gotta get down from the windjammer somehow, right? So you may as well go down the slide. <laughs> Not a bad idea, actually. I don't know if those two mix too well, eating that much food in the windjammer and then jumping on the ultimate abyss. But, uh, mate, I'd still give it a go. I think that sounds like a dare to me. We got to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the water slides? What, did you get a chance to ride any of those? Yeah, there's water slides that kind of like overlook Central Park. Great fun as well. There's one that uh, spirals around into a uh, this huge bowl. So you kind of like slide down and then it opens up into a ginormous bowl and you kind of like spiraling around in there until it like sucks you down into the middle and then pops you out down where the pools are. Um, yeah, great fun as well. I saw a whole heap of adults riding those slides as well, so it's not just the kids uh, having fun on those slides. Um, yeah, and they stand out huge around the pools because they're like such big slides and um, they're not just like a little basic slide. They're actually spiraling down, so yeah, great fun. Awesome. Yeah, they look really incredible and to be able to try them, and I agree, it's not just for kids. I mean, the kids are nice, but it's like, you know, come on. We got to have fun too, right? And that's what's Definitely. fun about it. You can, go, you can both go on it and, and enjoy the experience. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're, that's really what it's about. There's so much going on in the ship. And like I said earlier, you know, it's really hard to do it all. I mean, in fact, I think it's quite impossible to do it, in Paul, it, all, do it all on just one particular sailing. So, you know, obviously you've, you've got to plan ahead for everything that's going on there. You know, one of the things, Dan, that, that I think is, you know, obviously – Harmony is a huge destination in and of itself, but obviously you're still going to amazing places in the world. Um, that's part of what that's a big part of what cruising is all about is visiting these places. And you are a well-known world traveler. In fact, uh, you've spent a lot of your your days documenting, you know, what it's like to visit, you know, these various places: Hawaii, Indonesia, your home in Australia, and really places everywhere in between. So when you're on mm-hmm. a cruise ship, what would be some tips? I really wanted to pick your brain about this because if you're in a port for let's say eight hours, 10 hours, something in that ballpark. What's your recommendation for folks who are looking to get a taste of a particular city or a port if, if they're trying to approach it for the first time? What would be some of your suggestions? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the ports are amazing when you turn up to them and there's so much an offer, but uh, obviously you can't do everything. Uh, I think the best thing, my best advice would be to jump on the website, work out which port, you're going to on what day and work out what activities are on for offer um, and choose the best one that uh, that fits uh, your style and try and have a mix of that between all the ports. So if you're really into photography and hiking, um, maybe mix a few of those into it but then try and get another uh, a, a bit of a different style at some of the other ports um, so you get a bit of a, more of a well-rounded experience when you're actually cruising to these different destinations 
because like we went through Rome. Rome was amazing to cruise through and uh, and stop off at all, all the places like the Colosseum, the Trevi Fountain, and um, definitely one thing not to be missed. But there's a different, there's a few different styles that you can actually do this in. So um, I think planning ahead is definitely key um, because. There are some people that don't even get off at the port. They just cruise on the ship because there's so much to do on the ship still. Um, but planning ahead, key, I think, to actually see and get the most out of that experience in the time frame that you're actually in that port. Good tip. Uh, I And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Rome because I was watching your periscopes and I learned two things <coughs> about Rome from your periscopes, Dan. One, it was incredibly hot. Two, you yep. seem to really enjoy the cultural sites. Like you really, it seemed like you were really impressed by the sheer amount of history and culture that you ran across in just a couple hours. You happened to be there. Definitely, that's what I love about travel. Is uh, like I've been to Rome before. I went there with friends um, many moons ago, and to go to go back again with Royal Caribbean was amazing. And look, I'd go back again next week if I had the chance. There is just too much to see and do, and. Every time you go there, it's still different. Uh, the weather's different. The people are different. The locations, the streets that you walk down. You'll never do everything uh, in a destination ever. So um, even this time, the the cars that we jumped in, uh, these little tiny uh, convertibles, the name escapes me uh, what they were called, but they were so funky and it was a very different way to actually experience and get around Rome. So... Um, and even like last time I was in Rome, the Trevi Fountain was under construction. Um, and this time the Trevi Fountain was uh, was completely open, completely restored, and it was looking a million dollars. The place was packed with people. The hardest place to get a selfie is at the Trevi Fountain right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough life, Dan, when it's like, geez, I can't get a selfie. Just why yeah. can't I get one? <laughs> Uh, there's hands it. and arms, bumping cameras everywhere. It's shoulder to shoulder, but it's uh, yeah, definitely a mind blowing experience to actually sit there and just take it all in. There's so much culture and history there. It's just yeah, it is just one of those cool places that your eyes are just buzzing the whole time. Awesome. Uh, getting back to Harmony of the Seas, if someone were to go on Harmony tomorrow, let's say after you get done being jealous of them, Dan, what would you what what sh- what tip would you share with them? What's the what's your number one tip based on your experience on Harmony of the Seas? Um, I think a lot of people get onto the cruise ship and they're just mind blown. There's so much they're just like, wow, we're on it finally. Um, I think my biggest tip is to go to your room settle in and then just go upstairs and grab a drink and just just take in the view. I think a lot of people go downstairs trying to sort out all their passes, trying to sort out everything all at once right there and um, and that's where you'll, uh, you'll be just sitting in a line for like for five or ten minutes. I think going upstairs and just like starting your trip on a really cool note of just like, enjoying a drink, enjoying the view and getting ready to set sail. And when it starts to sail, there's all uh, a kind of a celebration or music playing, everyone yelling and screaming, everyone saying goodbye to the, uh, to the destination. I think that's my best tip, to start it on a cool note, sail into your room, go upstairs, grab a drink and then sort out all your sea pass and everything uh, right after that. Nice. It's, and kind of a follow-up to that, I was going to ask you anyway, but 
to follow your tip, if I was to go along with this, what is the Dan Moore approved drink du jour on Harmony of the Seas? What's your favorite go-to cocktail? <laughs> you know what? I don't drink that many cocktails, but on Harmony, what were the two main ones that I had? I was definitely had some Bloody Marys. They were very fresh and nice to actually have because it was so warm. And there was another drink. The name escapes me again, but uh, uh, mojito, I think it was. It was like a crushed ice mojito. It was absolutely amazing. Since it was just in a hot climate, the, the crushed ice and, um, and the mini freshness, I tell you what, I uh, went back for seconds. <laughs> well done, sir. I like it. Uh, tell us about your stateroom real quick. What, what kind of room did you have and what did you, what did you think of it? Yeah, the the room was amazing. Uh, I think we had a junior suite. Uh, It was huge, like so much room. Um, I've stayed in a stateroom before and it was bigger than I I had expected. Um, Plenty of room. The bed's in there, super soft. There's a a little lounge in there. Um, There's a balcony uh, with a couple of deck chairs. Um, The bathroom wasn't like cramped whatsoever plenty of shelves to put all your toiletries and stuff on. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was very, uh, what's the word, homely. I actually felt comfortable in the room, didn't feel sterile whatsoever. It was actually really nice. Awesome. All right, time for the hardest question, Dan. I'm, gonna really, I'm really going to give it to you on this one. You've been on, that I've seen, two Royal Caribbean ships, two amazing Royal Caribbean ships, Anthem mm-hmm. of the Seas and Harmony of the Seas. You've got a magic ticket to go on one tomorrow which ship do you pick and why (laughs) it's a very good question i can't have both no you got it's just like it's not like children you have to pick a favorite (laughs) okay i you know what i think i'll go back on harmony i think there's so much on harmony that i didn't get to see and do because it's so big that it's my life mission to actually get back on there and finish it off um I said to myself when I left uh, Europe that I could have spent the whole week on the ship and still been content, like still really enjoyed cruising for a week just on the ship without even getting off the ports because there was so much to stand do. So I think my choice would definitely have to be Harmony of the Seas. Good choice. All right, man. How can uh, folks follow you for more adventures? Because I know I love watching it and I share where I can, but uh, where can they find you? Where's the best place to start? Um... You can find me on Dan and More. If you just type that into Google, all my social media pages and website will come up. Um, I post a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram. Obviously, do a lot of live streaming on Periscope, Twitter, the whole lot. So, um, yeah, Dan and More, D-A-N-A-N-D-M-O-O-R-E. Awesome. I'll post the link in the show notes to uh, all of Dan's awesome stuff. Dan, thank you so much for joining us here and talking a little Royal Caribbean in Europe. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Well, we've reached the point in the show where I answer your listener emails. I love doing this. I love getting a chance to talk a little Royal Caribbean with all of you every single week here on the podcast. And, of course, if you want your email read, whether you have a question, a comment, a thought, something about Royal Caribbean is on your mind and you want to talk about it, well, this is your venue. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And our first email this week comes to us from Sharon, who writes, 
I recently received an email inviting me to reserve a meal for two at Chef's Table at buy one, get one free. The weirdest thing is it's for an upcoming weekend trip on the Majesty of the Seas. My question is, since when did the Majesty offer a Chef's Table, and where on that tiny ship will it be held? Will we be eating a five-star meal in a Johnny Rockets booth? This is actually a really good question if you think about it, because on most ships that have chef's tables, they're usually held in a place like Chop's Grill, but there is no Chop's Grill in the Majesty of the Seas. Now, looking at a very recent cruise compass, the chef's table is held in the Starlight Dining Room. It's described as a spectacular six-course dinner with exclusive wine pairing presented by our chef. Dress code is smart casual. So I guess they have an area in the dining room. Good news, it is not in Johnny Rockets, and you'll be able to enjoy it over there. It's still a, sounds like a pretty cool idea. I would love to do it. It's one of those things I haven't done yet, believe it or not, is a chef's table experience, but everyone who does it always raves about it, saying that it's one of the best things they've ever done. So, can't argue with that logic, right? Thank you, Sharon. Hope you enjoy it. Next, we have an email from Jeff who writes, Hey, Matt, thanks for answering my question on the podcast. My next question is about the continental breakfast that you didn't know about that's listed under the Crown and Anchor Society Benefits. It says departure lounge with continental breakfast. Do you know about it or ever used it? And Jeff's referring to one of the benefits of being a Crown and Anchor Society member of having that priority lounge. Personally, I've never used it only because I'm usually there with my kids. And when we have kids, we just go to the Air for the greatest selection and variety of food possible. Also, because I kind of feel bad bringing my children who are probably being woken up too early <laughs> in there. It's something that actually I don't think I've I don't know if I've ever partaken in or partook. It, that being said, it's not um, something I, I, I think part of what it is is when we get off the ship, we are just I don't know. We've got one thing on our mind, just getting off the ship and we try to. We try to make it as simple as possible. I'm not looking for that particular experience. That's just me. But it is available for you. And this is for gold members, in fact. So if your gold, platinum, emerald, diamond, diamond plus is all available to you, the gold onboard of rewards are you get priority check-in, private departure lounge with continental breakfast, and onboard offers a preloaded your CPAS card. So definitely something to keep in mind for anyone who is a gold member. And hey, there's not many rewards at the gold level, so certainly anything you can get absolutely worthwhile and if you're looking for a little nice break because let's be honest the Windjamer and a lot of the other dining options that are open are going to be busy that last day there's not a whole lot that's open on the ship to begin with most people are up and at them anyway they're going to need somewhere to go they may as well go to the Windjammer and that's where they end up going so it's something that's available to you and good to know about it so Jeff thank you very much for the email good point next we have an email from Dan Stober of Harriman Utah Hi, Matt. Only 206 days until the Allure cruise in February 2017. Who's counting? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, regarding to when to cruise question, when our kids were young, their elementary school was on a year-round calendar. This meant that the kids had three-week breaks scattered throughout the year, and we could travel during lower demand slash cheaper times, yet still have the kids miss no school at all. As a parent, I loved the year-round concept. Keep up the good work. Good point, Dan, about the year-round calendar. I don't, I don't think that's that prevalent out there certainly i never experienced it when i was in school and my kids are not experiencing it we're on the traditional calendar i guess you could say that but that is a good point certainly if you have that option hey there is a benefit to that i think that's really what they kind of advertise is the benefit of the year-round calendar right is having more vacation more often rather than having one large vacation in the middle be it summer that it's better to have it more floating around so it's more spread out i could see that argument call me a traditionalist i think that there should be something called summer break but to each their own i suppose but it's a good point dan and thank you for bringing it up i always like the other perspectives on these kinds of questions 
Next, we have an email from Murph, who writes another great podcast this week. You asked for some help, and I can only give you the reasons I book my cruises at a certain time. Unlike you, I despise snow, having spent 30-plus years in New England. Hence, I like to travel to the Caribbean in the snow months. Also, I really like January, particularly because, number one, it's a snow month. Number two, less expensive with school in session. And number three, school is in session, so there's not a whole lot of children on board. I do have a suggestion for you in the show notes. If you could regularly post the link to the group cruises, it would be appreciated. Murph, great email. Let's start off with your recommendation of cruising during January. January is one of the best times of the year to cruise if you're looking for a really low price on the cruise. I'll be honest, there are some issues, not a whole lot of issues, but there it can be a little cool in the Caribbean, especially if you're going to places like the Bahamas. It may not be that warm. It'll be warm. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to be wearing a jacket more than likely. That would be really unlikely. But Nassau in January, you know, it's it could be gene weather. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, uh, frigid by any means. I, you know, this is the Floridian to me talking. Because in Florida, when the temperature drops below 70 degrees, people start freaking out and, you know, putting on parkas and, and, and preparing for the end of the world. In reality, it's not quite that bad. And certainly coming from up north, I am sure that even if it was a balmy 65 out, you would love it, right? That's I used to joke when it when it got into the 50s in late winter, you would roll down your windows because hey, 50 degrees, whoa, <laughs> break out the shorts. So January is a great month of the year. It's just not going to be as warm as other months of the year, but it's still great. And odds are you're going to have a much warmer temperature down in the Caribbean than you will up north. And if you really want to hedge your bet, go take a cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. There. That way you got no issues at all. It's growing in Southern Caribbean. It's going to be plenty warm over there. And I do like it. Also, Murph suggested posting a link in our show notes to the group cruises. Murph, I am a terrible self-promoter. It's one of the things I really need to work on. Believe it or not, as much as I shamelessly plug on this podcast, it's I don't think I'm doing a good enough job of getting the word out there. Uh, but I will absolutely do that. And of course, Murph is referring to the group cruises that we have lined up. We like to do these ideas where we basically invite all of you to come join me on a Royal Caribbean cruise because, well, we love talking about Royal Caribbean cruises. We love taking Royal Caribbean cruises. Let's take Royal Caribbean cruises together. And there is the idea for the group cruises. We actually have three lined up right now, although one of them is coming up in about two weeks, about a week actually. So, yeah, you're kind of out of luck on that one. But the other two, great itineraries. Navigator of the Seas in February 2017. Escape that snow, Murph. And we also have Harmony of the Seas in September 2017, which is just an excuse, Murph, to get out of the house and get on a cruise. Do you need any other encouragement, right? Love them. It's going to be an awesome time. Just truly amazing. That Navigator one in February is a Southern Caribbean out of Miami. No flying to Puerto Rico required. Nine nights. It's it's going to be unbelievable. In fact, going to the ABC Islands and Labadee, it's just the perfect itinerary. And, of course, on Harmony of the Seas, the newest cruise ship in the fleet. You just heard all about it earlier in this episode. So, I mean, I don't think I need to sell it anymore on, on that virtue. But you can check out more details at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash events, or just go to our show notes, and I will post a link there as Murph kindly asked me to. Thank you, Mr. Murph. Next up, we have an email from Susan Widowson, who writes, Hi, Matt. I have a few observations on the latest podcast, Taking Kids Out of School for Vacation. Number one, as a mother, I had no problem taking my son out of school for his first cruise. He was 10 and in the fourth grade. We went over Thanksgiving week, so he only had to miss about two and a half days. His teacher didn't even bother sending him any work to do. I made up questions about the ship and the ports that he and his friend had to answer. They took pictures, bought postcards, and I created a scrapbook for each boy. By the way, the boys didn't know we even were going on a cruise until the night before we left. They were really surprised and were wonderfully behaved the entire week. 
As a former third grade teacher, I would say, however, in terms of taking kids out of school for vacation, it all depends on the student and the parents. Some kids struggle so much and or their parents don't monitor their studies that I would hate to see them miss even one day. In terms of how long of a cruise, we started with a seven-day cruise, but after only two of them, we realized that was not enough time. Now we only do cruises that are nine or more nights or back-to-back cruises. Our next one, which is a Harmony of the Seas Transatlantic, a 13-night bucket list cruise, only 87 days away, begin the happy dance. (laughs) And Susan also adds, when... Except for one cruise at the end of July, we cruise in September, October, November, and early December. We find September is our favorite time to cruise, lower prices, kids are back in school, still a lot of daylight, and warm waters. The worst weather we encountered was a shower or two and some rough waters going out of and returning to New Jersey. Happy sailing. Great email, Susan. I love the feedback, especially. And I think I was pretty much nodding my head along with a lot of things you were mentioning there. I wish I could take longer cruises, Susan. Oh, boy, that'd be nice. I prefer, well, I don't have the luxury of having that much vacation time, so I have to spread it around. But, yeah, I agree. If you can do nine or back-to-back cruises, hey, that's awesome. And I do agree that in terms of taking your kids out of school, it really comes down to, you can summarize it in just this one statement. I think you nailed it, Susan. It depends on the student and the parent. Right. There's some kids that are, you know, pick up things very easy. Others need a lot of in classroom teaching. And you're right. Taking time away from that would be detrimental to their advancement. So, you know, it's important to understand the the child and know the role. And as a parent, I know it's kind of hard to sometimes look inwards. You know, you don't want to necessarily take a survey. I mean, my kids, you know, are really, you know, apt at picking things up or not. But you should have a pretty good idea based on, you know, certainly their level of homework, what they're doing grade wise and, you know, those kinds of progress factors when it comes to determining if it's a good idea to take your kid out of school or not. So, but it's something that I think every parent goes through at some point. In fact, pretty much every point from kindergarten through college. It's like, can we take the kids out of school yet? And then it becomes, do you have any time off from work? But a very good, very good concern. And thank you for the email, Susan. Love hearing from you on that. Next up, we have an email from Brian and Gina. We're going on Oasis of the Season April 2018. We've booked Central Park View connecting rooms as we'll be traveling with a four-year-old and a one-year-old and we'll need the extra space. I know they're going on Freedom of the Season September and was wondering what you plan on doing for your four-year-old so that she won't roll off the bed. That is the one biggest concern we have as we'll be sleeping in the other room from our little girl. I've heard of putting pool noodles under the sheets to be a barrier so that they don't roll off, but I can't see us packing pool noodles as we'll be traveling from Washington State to Orlando or even lugging them onto the ship with all the other stuff we got carrying on. Any ideas and suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Brian, it's a great question, in fact. So my daughter, who is now she's five, she does sleep in the separate room on in the bed. The the other my other daughter, the one and a half year old, is gonna be in a crib still, so we don't have to worry about necessarily sleep, you know, sharing a bed. In terms of uh, them not rolling up. Number one, if you have a similar situation, I don't think you mentioned the ages of your... Oh, no, you did. A four-year-old and a one-year-old. Cool. So then, perfect. So the one-year-old, theoretically, I think it should still be in the crib or pack and play, whatever you want to call it. And the four-year-old should be on the bed. If you put the bed in the combined form, right, where it forms basically a, what is it, a queen or a king-sized bed, I found that my daughter can't roll off that thing. I mean, there's plenty of room on both sides. I mean, unless your kid is really moving a lot at night, I don't think that's going to be a major concern i would add that if you are really worried about the pool noodles is a good idea but i agree it's a little cumbersome to actually get them on the ship plus it's kind of a waste i would say ask for some extra pillows and do the same thing that bed is huge when it's put together and for one person one kid plenty of space just put a couple things or take an extra comforter and basically roll it up to create essentially a noodle like that 
I think that'll probably be your best bet. And in my experience, it's never really happened. And worst case scenario, it's not that much of a tumble from the bed. It's The beds are pretty low to the ground. It's not going to be too much of a problem. Obviously, you don't want it to happen. Every parent doesn't want their kids rolling off the bed in the middle of the night. But I think that it's never really been a problem for us. And I think unless you're child uh, sleeps in a position that it looks like a crime scene every night, I think you'll be okay in terms of being able to uh, not worry about that. But, but I think getting either an extra blanket or a pillow from the Sabre attendant should probably uh, be enough to create enough guards that they can get up there. In fact, I don't know, Brian, if you're coming from Washington State, maybe you even have jackets. I mean, all you need is a little bit of, of resistance, right? You don't need it. You, don't need, you do not need to erect the Berlin Wall of barriers. You just need a little bit of a, a, little bit of a bump in the bed to keep them from moving on right so it's a good question though and i think that a lot of parents go through that as well now when they move up to the pullman beds brian and gina that's a different story altogether but i suspect that'll happen if it happens it'll happen when they're significantly older next we have an email from mark pizzo aka joe bolton Hey, Matt, quick question. As both a longtime WDW Today listener and most recently becoming an insider, I occasionally hear you mention during the podcast that you have a special Facebook page as well as special podcasts for inside members along with other benefits. I was wondering how to access those perks if my insider donation level warrants it. I'm currently getting your podcast feed through Stitcher. I really enjoy the information you provide and would love to have access to everything I'm able to do so. P.S. As a police officer with the NYPD, many of my coworkers and I often listen to your podcast during our downtime, as well as the car rides home to help plan our family vacations. Cruising takes us away from the rigors of our work and helps us reconnect with our families. And on a geeky side note, you originally being from up north may remember Channel 11 WPIX. Years ago, a fictitious officer, Joe Bolton, was on WPIX and would host the after-school cartoons while transitioning between the different cartoon episodes, often giving safety advice to the kids like, you know, only crossing the intersection, minding their manners, and not talking to strangers. That's why my username is Joe Bolton. Please consider doing a New York City meetup. Mark, love the email. This is awesome. I'm so glad that you and your fellow officers can get a little bit of a break from the from the rigors, as you said, of, of your day job. And get a little roller coaster break and talk about it. So big shout out to Mark and the other officers in the NYPD. Love what you guys do. It's amazing. It's it's a thankless job, quite honestly. And you guys deserve a lot of recognition for doing so. And I'm so glad that you guys can take a little bit of a mental escape from you know the day to day stuff and talk about cruising or think about talking about cruising with the podcast. So. Mark, you brought up the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders. And for those who aren't aware, the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders is a program I set up that allows folks to donate to Royal Caribbean Blog. And in exchange for donating, you do a monthly donation. It's up to you how much you want to donate. You can donate as little as $1 a month. You can go up to significantly more than that. It's really up to you and what, you can, what you're comfortable with. And there's absolutely no obligation to it. You can do it for one month. You can do it for three months. You can do it for a year. Up to you. Uh, that being said, there are certain benefits. If you donate at a certain level, you get... Some benefits. At another level, you get other benefits. And one of the levels does get you actually bonus podcast episodes. Some of the top-tier insiders, in fact, get access to special podcasts I record exclusively for them. And these episodes are only available to them. They never get put back on the regular feed over here. So if you do donate at that level, and you get all the information, by the way, for all of this at our uh, at our insider page, just go to rollercaribbeanblog.com slash support. And, of course, in the spirit of... What Murph asked me before, I'll post a link in our show notes to our insider page to get more information about it. But uh, what, what's going to happen is you, if you donate at a certain level, you're going to get access to the special episodes that are available through Patreon. Patreon is the company that runs this whole thing. They manage the billing. They send me the money. They give you the benefits. 
It's really easy and simple, and we do lots of special episodes just for the top-tier insiders. So, Mark, my suggestion for you is go to the insider page. Go to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support, and you recently mentioned you already became an insider. Thank you so much for supporting Royal Caribbean Blog financially and being an insider. You can also at any time change your level of contributions. You can go up to a top-tier insider, Mark, and get access to those other benefits. It's instant. And the episodes will be available to you to download immediately from the Patreon website. It's pretty simple. And of course, Mark, if you have any questions or anybody has any questions about the Insider Program, how to join, it's not clear, whatever, definitely send me an email, uh, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, and I'll be happy to help you with it, Mark, because I really appreciate everyone who supports the 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 blog and this podcast through the Insider Program. It has been amazing, quite honestly, the level of support I've received, and I, and I really do appreciate it, and I love that so many of you are believing in this dream of Royal Caribbean blog to continue to grow because the the benefit of the insider program is that it immediately turns around that money turns around and goes right back into improving Royal Caribbean blog be it new content new features new options it I can't begin even to tell you all the amazing things that have happened because of the insiders so thank you so much for your support and uh, Mark once again big shout out to NYPD and your fellow officers out there. Hope you're having, man, I'm, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I, when you mentioned NYPD and being in New York, all I can think about is you guys having access to pizza. <laughs> living in Florida, there are two things you have to give up on living in Florida. Number one, bagels, good bagels. Number two, good pizza. And boy, <laughs> all I can think about is you guys have access to that. So, yeah, I'm closer to the cruises, but you're closer to the awesome food up there. So, universe has leveled out a little bit (laughs) thank you mark really appreciate it and of course yes it is all about food here on this podcast so next up we have an email from justin kaplan who writes listen to your podcast last week asking for a listener's favorite time of the year to cruise while there is never a bad time to cruise we've always enjoyed mid to late october this October marks our fourth October cruising allure or oasis to the Caribbean. Living in Chicago, the weather is already starting to get cool, but the Caribbean weather is nice and hot. Also, the prices aren't horrible because school is in session. We have little kids, but they aren't school age yet, so we can still benefit from those October cruises. I think you mentioned February is your favorite. We took a family cruise on the oasis, or maybe it was allure, in February 2015, and it was also a phenomenal time of year to cruise. Like I said, never a bad time to cruise. Keep the good work on the podcast. Great feedback, Justin. Thank you. October, definitely a great time of year to cruise. I guess the only advantage I would tell you of February of October is that October is still technically hurricane season, but you know those cruise ships avoid those things by quite a distance. It's, they're really good at it. You'll have a great time. So, Justin, I totally understand where you're coming from, and you know maybe for you it's it's about getting one last taste of summer before the uh, winter descends upon. Chicago, right? And I know you guys have a lot of snow and cold weather up in Chicago. It is uh, quite a different experience, I think, even than when I lived up in Connecticut, because you guys, it just seems like you always guys getting hammered by storm after storm after storm. Uh, You know, so I totally understand why you would want one more week of hot temperature shorts, flip flops, and not thinking about, oh, geez, when's the next storm coming around? So great feedback. Thank you, Justin. Really appreciate it. And we got time for one more email. One more. It's just never enough time, is there? But that's why we have other podcasts for. And our last email this week comes to us from... Who's our last email from? Oh, it's from Todd, who writes, Hey, Matt, I recently started listening to your podcast and reading your blog. I have a question regarding Central Park View stateroom layouts. I've seen multiple of, multiple layouts of the room in which the sofa is by the window or the sofa is by the bathroom. I was wondering if you know what determines the layout. 
I'll be on alert this season May 2017. I'm concerned because we have three adults in the room and it would be difficult to navigate the stateroom if the sofa was by the bathroom. I've asked my travel agent and Royal Caribbean, but cannot get a precise response. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the good work. That's a really good question, and the answer is I think it really just depends. I don't know if there is a way to really know one way or the other, just because of it seems like it alternates. It seems like there's just sometimes it does, sometimes it you know the, the sofa is closest to the to the balcony, and sometimes it's closest to the to the bathroom. I honestly do not know if there is any rhyme or reason to it, and clearly your answers from or lack of answers from Royal Caribbean or your travel agent indicate that there may not be much logic to it in terms of being able to determine ahead of time. I I wish I had a better answer for you. I do love the Central Park rooms. I mean, really, really uh, great rooms. The reason why I really like it is, number one, they're cheaper than traditional balconies. Number two, you can't get those kinds of balcony rooms, the Central Park balconies, on other Royal Caribbean ships that are not Oasis-class ships. And number three, I love the ambiance of Central Park, being able to see... Central Park all the time, especially at night. You have to go out there at night. Go on your balcony, spend some time out there. The lighting, the music, it is phenomenal. Really, really good. You definitely want to check that out a lot. Spend any any given time, you just go out there because it's a lot of fun. Really do enjoy it. I think it's just beautiful, quite honestly. And uh, my, my best advice to you, if you're really worried about it, if you really, 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 Todd, do not want that sofa by the bathroom, my best advice to you is to start looking at do like a Google image search or start looking at room numbers and seeing if you can find photos of said rooms and seeing if you can figure out which ones are like that. The good news is because Oasis and Allure are so popular, there tends to be a lot of photos of the rooms. Not all of them. I mean, you're not going to find every single photo, but you may have some pretty good luck by doing a Google image search. You know, you find a room and, you know, you search, you know, Oasis of the Seas and then whatever the room number is, you know, 7208. And I don't even know if it was a number, but put it in there and see what Google fires back with. You might find somebody who posted a photo on a random site or message board or blog or wherever, and that might be the best way to do it. I, it, It's tough. I, I admit it. And, um, you know, I, I guess that and I understand that you have three adults in the room and you're worried about, you know, by the bathroom. It certainly would be better if it was the other way around. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of a really good way other than just like, you know, <laughs> flipping a coin and hoping for the best in terms of how it's going to work. Uh, you know, it, I don't have a good answer for you offhand. If someone does have a better answer than for, for Todd, be sure to send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So that way we can make sure that we get the right information out there for Todd. Because obviously if there is a way to know the location or the, or the orientation slash layout of the room. That would be awesome because obviously we want to make sure we get the best possible information out there. So, Todd, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. I still think you have a great time regardless of where that sofa is located. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about your cruise on Alert because I think you're going to have a fabulous time on there. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap up this this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Love talking Royal Caribbean with all of you. And, you know, I would love to have you virtually join me on this podcast by sending your emails. You got questions, comments, thoughts. Maybe you don't answer to Todd's question. Maybe you want to weigh in on something else we talked about. Whatever's on your mind, this is your forum, your opportunity to talk Royal Caribbean with me. And I would love, love, love to have your emails. Send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. All right, my friends, we'll talk again next week. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.